Mission Chats with John Crow. Wonderful. It is good to be back. And I'm super excited to be able to introduce you to someone who I'm actually just getting to know as well. And they reached out to me recently and just said, hey, we'd love to be a, a part of this podcast. And as I checked them out, as it were, and saw what they're doing, I was just thrilled to uh, have this opportunity to introduce you to a person and a ministry. And so, Stephanie, it's great to have you. And I'm excited for you to be able to share a little bit about what the Lord has been doing in your life to this point and where you're headed with the ministry. I'm not going to give it away because I'd love to hear it from you. Uh, But to kick us off, as we usually do, I just love for you to share with our listeners your own personal story, the journey the Lord's had you on as far as understanding Him and the call of missions on your life. Awesome. Thanks, John, so much for just inviting us to be a part of and to be here. We love talking about missions and what God has done. And so we're grateful and excited for you in this new journey of sharing stories and so grateful to be a a part of it. My name is Stephanie Nicholson. I am, I don't know how many generations Christian in our family, but it was a thing we did. Pastors run in our family. And so my friends say we had a drug problem. Um, I got drugged to church and drugged <laughs> back <laughs> a week, on, week in and week out. So that was very much a part of our life. Our relationship with Jesus was really important growing up. It was kind of all around us. But it wasn't necessarily something that was real to me until later. You know, I knew about it. I asked Jesus into my heart. You know, we've heard that before, right? And part of it, I think, is because I just didn't want to go to hell. I mean, that was like a real factor in that decision. I knew who Jesus was. I was grateful for what he did, but I didn't quite understand it. And at the age of 15, I heard John 14, 27 and talking about the peace that God promises Mm -hmm. to us as believers. And the equation didn't add up. It was to believers. It was peace. And I didn't have that. And so I just kind of reevaluated my relationship with Jesus. I knew I loved him, but I think at that point I really went, okay, I know what you're asking of me. You're asking for my whole life and for Mm -hmm. my commitment. And that's when I really laid down my whole life for Jesus and gave it back to him fully, depending on where you are in your theology spectrum. You could say that was the first time, or that was a renewal. I don't know, but (laughs) it changed my life. And I had peace that I'd never had before. It was like a light switch. Mm. And the funny part was that peace radically changed me because I was always afraid. I was fearful. I never went anywhere without my parents. And two years later, a family from our church went to visit another family our church had sent out to South Africa. And I told my parents, I'm going on this trip. And they laughed at me because they said, you know, we can't come pick you up in the middle of the night when you get homesick. You know, it's not like you're just down the street. And I was like, no, I'm going. I don't have any fear about this. So it was in that short term trip to South Africa that God really ruined my life in the best possible way and called me to full time missions. Continued going back to work with that family in South Africa. And I learned a lot. Didn't realize it as a bratty teenager, just was trying to enjoy my time and do what I can to be a part of anything. But looking back now, the experience, the things that we did, the servant mindset, different cultures. And so that just began a trajectory of missions. And I thought I'd spend the rest of my life in South Africa and God had other plans and sent me to the Philippines. (laughs) So (laughs) I ended up joining a new team that was planning a church in the Philippines. 
then was there for about a year, came back to the States to work in the home office where I had been sent from doing development. I did not like that because I was behind a desk <laughs> and I loved the people and, and getting to talk to people about what we were doing, but I wasn't doing the thing that sure. I felt like God called me to do. And then um, had the opportunity to join one of our missionaries in East Asia and was there leading youth camps, English camps, mm -hmm. uh, and using that as an entry into high schools and universities to share the gospel and to raise up young leaders um, to take it back to their friends. So it was kind of the mission experience up until this point and, right. and where God is using. And through that, God led us to start here to there, which we can talk about more in, in yeah. depth <laughs> as we for go. Sure. <laughs> well, that's super exciting. It's it's always fun even meeting someone for the first time and hearing your story. I mean, there's pieces of that that I can relate to as well. Kind of similar thing growing up as a missionary kid, you know, completely in church all the time and, you know, made some sort of professions of faith as a little kid. But yeah, in my teens was where the Lord really grabbed my heart. Yeah. And then working in development too. I used to work with the, the ministry of the ships and that was, you know, on the marketing side, which included some of the development. So yeah. So it's just neat uh, to make these kind of connections and parallels. Uh, yeah. And I'd just like just to hear a little yes. bit about your husband and how you met. And I know he has a role in the ministry as well. So. Yes. I was a Lone Ranger. I was one of the people that we teach not to be. And I had come home for a visit and went to a friend's engagement party. And our friends were already scheming to okay. introduce us. Right. And I'm so glad that they didn't tell me because I wouldn't have gone. That was just not on my trajectory yeah. and like of my to-dos. I was loving life. And if I was going to meet somebody, they were going to be like in a grass skirt, uh, you know, like ready to live without electricity and running water and all this stuff. Sure. And here comes my wonderful soon to be husband who was in television and production. Yeah. So we met and we had a lot of similarities. Mm. His dad grew up on the mission field in okay. South Africa, oh, wow. um, about 45 minutes away from where we started serving. Wow. So he had that history and his family and come to find out after a while, he had been called to missions as a teenager. Yeah. So he kind of renewed that commitment. The television and production and IT stuff came in super clutch <laughs> when the world shut down and, right. and we needed to go digital. Yep. We had really just started talking about that. And so it's been fun to watch him mm -hmm. use those gifts and resources and those strengths in now as we do ministry online and digitally, mm -hmm. but then also just discovering his teaching gifts and his abilities. It's been fun yeah. to watch <laughs> and see him just continue to connect. And he's one of these people like he, if at all possible, live peaceably with all men. You know, the, the passage we've yeah. heard a couple of times in scripture, mm -hmm. he's that person. Mm -hmm. And so it's great when we have difficult conversations that we need to have with churches and missionaries. He's really gifted in that. I mean, he'll be like, John, why did you decide to wear that hat and those glasses? That is just awful. And they everybody's like, I love you. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> so he has just this ability to speak truth yeah. and love and genuineness yeah. and that people respond to. And that's super helpful because yeah, talking about things that can be difficult, a lot of change and thinking differently. And so it's been great 
that's been great one to have him in my life but also right. in ministry yeah no that's wonderful and again another god story there clearly you know, oh yeah like you Definitely. said i you fought it he was all for, for it yeah. that's fantastic yeah wonderful yep yeah i'd love for you to share with our listeners what here to there really is all about how the lord led you to begin this uh ministry and this partnering catalyst as if you will, but then also kind of what it is today and where you see it going. Sure. So in my time in the Philippines, I look back now and I remember these moments going, why didn't somebody tell me this was what it was going to be like? (laughs) Or I have pastors and friends that know me and I think they love me. Why didn't they help me (laughs) a little bit (laughs) more specifically like in leadership development, leading teams? Mm -hmm. I don't remember any books about hot, cold culture at the time. And it was just like, why didn't somebody tell me these things? Mm -hmm. So the first aspect of it was I just needed somebody to walk with me in the process right? and to kind of give me a little bit of, I was thinking like leadership development skills or working with a team. If you've been in missions, you know, team conflict is the number one reason for attrition Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. guilty and also victim. (laughs) And so that was kind of the first aspect of it. And then being back in the home office, I got the business side of it and the administrative, hearing the donors aspect of it, working with the churches and just was like, there's a disconnect. The information that the missionaries are sharing, but the information that the churches are hearing, right? So they might be sharing one thing, but the churches are hearing and seeing another. And then heading back to East Asia, you know, the guy who said the harvest is plentiful and the labors are few. Right. He really knew what he was talking about. <laughs> I'm in this place yeah. with so many opportunities mm-hmm. going, I need help. Right. I need help to fully disciple these new believers. We've got churches coming up left and right. And the theology in this culture gets twisted because their culture and their religion are the same thing. And so like, I need people to just come in and help and continue with this process. And so at that point I went, man, I have churches who love me. Mm -hmm. I have churches who support me every month. They're praying for me, but I didn't have the relationship to say, Hey, come and join me. Right. And here to there was started with that concept of going, I wonder how many other missionaries have churches who love them, who are overwhelmed and overworked in ways they shouldn't be mm-hmm. with churches who could probably help them in the process. Right. And so here to there was started as a partnership organization, really connecting the missionary and the church to have the same vision and to have same strategies and same goals mm-hmm. and to share the resources and experiences together. Because right. the churches are filled with I used to say pews, but I don't think churches have pews anymore, right? <laughs> Chairs. Yeah. Um, filled with people who have so many talents and gifts and resources, business owners, professionals, parents who are great at blogging and doing homeschool research, whatever it is, right. to these missionaries who have these great needs, but also the missionaries have these amazing experiences. They've been trained in church planting, unreached people groups language and culture acquisition. And our churches now need that as well. And so it was like, man, two of the greatest forces in the Christian world seem like they're pulling at odds instead of 
pushing together. together. Yeah. And so we've really just spent the last 13 years asking that question, how do we get the church and missionary in the same spot? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a challenge. Indeed. I don't know that we have yeah. the answer. Sure. If you have the answer, you let us know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I love just the idea of, of kind of bridging the gap that definitely exists in many churches and and even ones with great mission visions sometimes I think struggle to know how to really serve and care for their missionaries or their partners that they're yeah. uh, kind of ministering with. And so the, that's the really people, exciting. The people in the church want to. Mm-hmm. Like there is this desire in us to serve and to right. share our gifts yeah. with other people. And we just don't know how or where. So really mm-hmm. helping the churches navigate a clear mission vision and strategy and saying, okay, these are the things we're going to do here are all of the options. Where would you like to be a part of? And really kind of expecting them to do it Mm -hmm. and saying, Hey, John, you're good at this. We really need you to jump in on this with us. No, that's wonderful. Now, like I said, I'm fairly new to uh, learning about here to there. Got connected with the online network that you guys have put together. So I'd love for you just to share a little bit about that. Maybe what your vision is for that. Sure. At the beginning of this, it was kind of like bits and pieces of things that we would use from this church and that church needed over here. And we were finding that we were trying to create a new strategy for every church, which was really exhausting. Mm -hmm. And we thought, how could we kind of unify this process? What we found at that time, we were creating more like policies Mm -hmm. and that doesn't cross cultural lines. Right. It doesn't cross church lines. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of just took a step back and we said, okay, what are the biblical principles that every church could utilize? Mm-hmm. And out of that, we created a program called AMPT, Association of Mission Partnership Development. Churches and missionaries can go through it and build their strategy of working mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. COVID, which <laughs> was an accelerator of some and a decelerator right. of others, pushed us into the spot and it was kind of on our long-term vision, but now we can't go anywhere. And so we said, okay, we're going to take this and put everything that we have online and see if we can start connecting some of these churches that we have together. And so we created the platform here to their network and it's made up of pastors and mission leaders from all around the world who really want to work hand in hand with their missionaries Mm -hmm. and who want to mobilize the whole church to be involved in the Great Commission and who are intentional to make this happen. Mm -hmm. And so the network is for anyone who falls into that category, pastor, mission leader, maybe you're on a care team at your church and you are not sure really how to connect. It's kind of like our continuing education platform. We put up blogs. We do similar things like this um, with interviewing pastors and mission leaders yeah. who are doing it or mm-hmm. trying it. Right. And some are failing and some are succeeding. And so we want a place to connect and to continue growing. Mm-hmm. I don't think we break bread together yet, but we do a lot of the, <laughs> the acts of the coming together, learning, yeah. studying scripture, encouraging each other, but on a digital platform. Right. Uh, it's super exciting. And if anyone wants to check it out, it's here to there.org with two being the number two. Yeah, that's our website and you can Mm -hmm. get access to everything. If you want to go directly to the network, h2tnetwork.org. Either one will get you there. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. Now, I noticed you're you're a nonprofit. I'm just curious how you're funded and, you know, if people wanted to be involved in helping make it 
you know, happen. I'm sure any good <laughs> ministry-based nonprofit, there's always a need for more investment. So yeah, yeah let us know how you. that would work. Yep. We are missionaries, just mm-hmm. like um, people who go overseas right. and work with mission organizations. At the time, we couldn't find an organization that kind of lined up with these similar principles. Mm-hmm. Times have changed and they're now th- starting to think about partnership. Yep. And so we started our own and we live by faith mm-hmm. from partnerships with churches and individuals who mm-hmm. would like to support us. But also with our international pastors, we scholarship them because they can't afford yeah. to pay for any of the resources that we put out or do that. And so we have people who scholarship our national pastors as well and provide resources for them to be able to go through the training and take the workshops. So that's how we Fantastic. are funded. Yeah, wonderful. Great. Well, just encourage my listeners, as I always try to do when there's opportunities like this, uh, check them out. And if it tugs at your heart, uh, whether you might be a missions pastor looking for community or a missionary trying to figure out how to work better with your church back home, definitely a lot of great resources from the little bit of (laughs) investigation I was doing prior to the call. Yeah. Uh, So glad that you joined the network, John. Yeah. yeah. On there and shared these resources with us and the others as well. Thank you. Yeah. Very warm welcome. So thanks for that. We're going to leave it there for this week. And I hope you're as encouraged as I was chatting with Stephanie. And I also hope that it's piqued your interest about here to there and that you'll take time to check out their website. Uh, The link is in the show notes and go and see the resources they have and think through how you might be able to use that, whether you're on the mission field to improve relationship with your church back home or as a church member or leader to be able to better serve and support your missionaries. I would love for you to subscribe to this podcast. We are on all the main podcast platforms. So if you aren't already, please go ahead and find us there and subscribe. You can also uh, sign up on missionchats.com for an email reminder when the next episode drops. And so I hope you'll be back to hear the rest of this chat with Stephanie. Find us online at missionchats.com.